Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Welcome to Wheels Off, a show about the messy reality of the creative life. I'm Rhett Miller. That's when it got wheels off. We started up and we ain't gonna stop. Oh, sound like you like it or not. That's when it got wheels off. Ben Schneider is the founding member and sort of brains behind slash front man slash face of the band Lord Huron. He hails from Michigan near Lake Huron, the titular lake from his band. And he makes music that is better listened to than described, obviously, as is almost all music. <laughs> um but if I were to describe it, as I do, I think, a few times during the course of this interview, probably you can tell that I'm a fan if you listen to this. If I were to describe it, I would say that his music is cinematic, open, airy, evocative. It's really beautiful. It's really moving. And then when you see his band perform live, there are moments of intense loud rock and roll, big, you know, floor toms pounding and, and guitars wailing and him screaming and lots of multi-layered vocal harmonies happening. And man, it's just, it's really great. He's one of my favorite musicians out there working right now. Uh, not that any of us are out there working at the moment, um, but his band has been able to put together a new album, Long Lost, that will be dropping in May. And I got to listen to it, and it's great. Unsurprisingly, it's great. As is Ben Schneider. And um, I don't know that he does a lot of just sit down, sort of introspection, talk about Ben Schneider interviews. So I feel pretty lucky that he did that for me, for us, here on Wheels Off. So please welcome to Wheels Off, Lord Huron's Ben Schneider. Welcome to Wheels Off, Ben Schneider. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me. So happy to be here, man. Good to see you. It's been a while. I know it has. And uh, and you, for the edification of our listeners, you are joining us from your home in California? Yes, I'm in Los Angeles. I'm not actually at home right now. I'm at our studio, uh, which is just a few miles from my house. But uh, yeah, it seemed like a quieter place to to conduct an interview than my house. So I came here. That's great. I know the and, sound is good, you know. And congratulations on Long Lost. It is such a beautiful accomplishment. Well done. Thank, thank you. Thanks so much. And um, I think I'm not sure exactly when this episode will drop, but uh, I think it'll, I think it'll come out right around the same time. What time is? What day does the record drop? Uh, May 21st is what they tell me. Sorry, we're just doing bookkeeping now <laughs> on, <laughs> on the interview. Um, so what creative project are you working on now and how does it light you up? Well, so because of the pandemic, we have not been able to get out on the road like everybody else. Um, it, it came at somewhat of a, 
a less awful time for us than for other people where we hadn't planned to be on the road last year anyway. So it was kind of like not the worst news. I mean, it's still bad because, uh, uh, you know, we would have liked to go on and play a few shows and, and it really, it really is hard for our crew. That's their, that's their sole income. You know I mean? It's just such a, such a terrible thing. So we've tried to do what we can to help them. And, uh, and, uh, we still want to find a way to keep in touch with the fans. You know, I mean, we've got this great, amazing fan base who are just the coolest people ever. And, uh, we miss them and I know they miss us. So our idea was to do a, a monthly live stream for the past four months or so. So we do a, a concert here in the studio, which of course, because it's us, it's not quite your straight ahead concert. Uh, you know, we have a host and a lot of audio visual tangents and uh, it's pre-recorded, so we can do kind of anything we want. But the takes are all live of the music. Um, so that's been kind of taking up our time. And and I got to say, it's been one of the most rewarding uh, projects I've ever done. I, I didn't really know what I was getting into, honestly. Like, making a TV show, essentially, with four people, a four-person crew is challenging. But <laughs> but it's been it's been great. And the response has just been really touching. Uh, so it's it's been a really nice way to keep in touch with everybody. It's funny. One thing I I feel like um, one thing I've noticed about you is it seems like you work hard and you don't do things the easy way. Would you say that's true? Yeah, yeah. I would say that's very true. <laughs> I just <laughs> feel like I feel like you've got an incredible work ethic, and I feel like it would be so easy for you to phone it in. Like even with Lord Huron, um, like you could have put together, you know, add, put three people with you and just gone out and just done shows. But I feel like you try when well, you succeed in making them bigger, like, well, obviously, and with your live streams, it's the same kind of deal where you could just stand there and do a thing, but you, you try, you make it extra. Everything's extra. I'm super impressed by that. Well, it's like you said, that's just, I mean, that's what turns me on. You know, that's what I get into. That's what I enjoy doing in life. And for me, the challenge has been sort of crafting my, the way I live to fit with that, um, which, you know, is not always easy because most people don't have the flexibility or schedule that I have uh, to help make that happen, you know, especially with personal relationships and all that. It's like you got to find people who are willing to to be on that that trip with you. Um, but it's just, yeah, there's nothing that makes me happier than making something with my friends. And uh and that's what we do. And, and, uh, it can be definitely challenging and time consuming, but I love doing it. Right now you are in the throes of like releasing an album and doing all the publicity attendant to that. Does that drive you crazy? Like that, the, you're not making a thing, even though you're doing some live streams and making some things around the record, you're sort of promoting a thing. What, how does that work for you? Yeah, it can be a little frustrating, honestly. I mean, you know, when when I started this project, uh, those were the days of just throw it up on YouTube or Bandcamp when you finish something. And I, that's kind of what I was used to. And I love that because it's like the instant, I don't know, instantly introducing people to the thing you made uh, when it's fresh is a really nice feeling. And, you know, the way it works with labels is a much longer process. And I get it. I understand why why it's that way. But it can definitely be frustrating if when you feel like, you've been done with something for a year and it still hasn't, hasn't met everybody, you know? Yeah. Um, and, 
and I do get, you know, frustrated by all the, all the promotional stuff you have to do. Um, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies, <laughs> getting ready for it to come out. But I understand the utility of all that stuff, and I'm and I'm I'm up for it. I'm trying to be more up for it lately than I used to be. Um, you know, and it's, I love talking to people like you. That's one thing that um, I've always liked, but it can get tiresome. You know, kind of getting asked the same questions over and over again, interviews and stuff like that. For real. It's funny. I remember when we, when the old 97 started in the mid nineties with the major label system, there was a four month lead time, at least for albums because of magazines. Like they had, they had to know like Vanity Fair, if they were going to do a feature on you, they had to know four months ahead of time. And that was the main dictator thing that dictated the, that long lead time. I don't even know what it is anymore. Is it? <laughs> I think it's mostly, uh, Vinyl production seems oh. to be a big part of it. Um, yeah, yeah. What else? I, I'm not really sure. Maybe they're, just, maybe they're just used to it, so they just uh, keep it that way. You know, it's kind of a, a relic of the old system or whatever. Um, or maybe Mercury's in retrograde or something. Like that. I'll have to wait. I don't know. Forever, forever in retrograde. Okay, so um, <clears throat> for you, when you were growing up in Michigan, do you remember – a moment when you realized, oh, I'm I'm going to do music. I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to make things with my life like that. This was there an epiphany moment for you. It's funny. Me and uh, me and the guys were just talking about that the other day. Um, I think I always liked being creative and like knew uh, knew that that's what I was into. But I do remember. I do remember uh, being in early middle school or maybe late elementary school, I don't know, fifth or sixth grade, 10 or 11 years old. And a high school, the local like cool high school blues rock band came and played at the auditorium at our school, did like an assembly. And I just remember seeing, you know, and at that when you're that young, someone in high school is basically an adult, you know, they, <laughs> they just seem like an adult and they seem like they've, they're, they're living their life as an adult. And I just remember seeing those guys playing on stage and and being like that i think that's that seems like it'd be fun i think that's what i'd like to do and <laughs> yeah i remember it very specifically i remember the name of the band what was it blue fuzz <laughs> that's kind of good actually yeah i know <laughs> um but yeah so that you know i think all, we were just talking about it because we all grew up in a pretty similar most of us went to the same schools but me and the guys and uh think everybody had sort of a moment like that where they saw someone older doing the thing that looked like they could they could do for the rest of their lives and it's weird I never really like I don't know I never thought too much about how to make it happen I just kind of did the things I was interested in and I got lucky I guess I don't know I wonder if that moment of seeing someone doing the thing that you realize you want to do, I wonder if it's like, it's one of two things, either it makes it seem like an incredibly glamorous thing that you uh, aspire to, or does it make it seem like something that's imminently doable? Like, Oh, look, they're just doing it and they're just people. And I could do that. That's what it was for me. Cause you know, I think, you know, the, the drummer's dad was my dentist or something, you know? So, so it was like, it was like, I know these guys are, you know, in my community or whatever and went through the same schools I went through and here they are, you know, in my, in my 
10 year old brain here they are playing like perfect meters covers or whatever they were, they were playing and thinking they can do it i sure as hell can right so you know i started by playing bass in the orchestra that was kind of the first instrument that was available to me that i could see leading to rock and roll because i knew bass was used in in jazz and in uh rock music so that was my end my parents weren't too pleased that i chose that size wise but luckily we had a big family with a bunch of kids so we had a station wagon so it was easy to cart it around funny the i didn't realize that you had started with bass and now that i think about it i think about your production and a lot of the guitar lines that wind up in your music are these really big fat like mm-hmm. kind of open spacey notes and you saying that you started playing bass makes me think oh man i wonder if that started there that love of big like slow riffs I love those. Yeah. And I, I write a lot on, on a bass or on a baritone guitar or something low. I really like that range. Yeah. But yeah, bass, bass was my first, my first instrument. First love. First love. Um, when, when you and I first met over email, I remember you were headed out to go on a camping trip mm-hmm. and, and for some reason now, like whenever I think of you, I just imagine you doing a lot of camping. And I don't even think you actually do that, that much camping because I've asked you about this other times. But that stuck with me. And I just, I imagine you, and maybe it's because your music is so cinematic and, and open-aired. I imagine you under a starry sky or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess my question is, when you run into, especially obviously the last year, when you run into um difficulties like internally generated obstacles like things that um voices in your head that are trying to keep you down and tell you that you know negative stuff about yourself um when you run into that kind of uh internal hardship what secrets have you figured out to, what have you what is what are your ways around that through it good question it's definitely something that i still struggle with and I'm trying to figure out, you know, um, definitely nature has served as my sort of temple or religion over the years in a lot of ways. Uh, I do try to get out into nature as much as I possibly can. Uh, sort of like I was saying before, I've tried to organize my life to make that easy thing to do because I've noticed how much it impacts the way I feel, um, physically and also mentally. Like, so I, I try to live somewhere where it's easy for me to get outside and take a hike every day. You know, I try to live somewhere where it's easy for me to get into, you know, uh, a great wide open where I can do some camping fairly easily. And, uh, I think that's why Los Angeles suited me so well in the end. Uh, cause I can be right in the beating, beating heart of the city, which has made it easy to be in a band but it's also incredibly easy to get out into nature from here. And, you know, the part of town I live in even is has foothills right, right outside the house. So just walk outside and go up there. I know that's big, big for you too, where you, where you're at, uh, just oh being God. in a beautiful place. Yeah. And that, that, that's really helped put me in the right headspace. And honestly, you know, lately I haven't done it enough and I have to remind myself sometimes that it's like, you got to step away. And although it might feel like you're losing time or, uh, it's so valuable to just give yourself the time to be still and and in awe of what's going on out there, you know, just looking around. Do you uh, unplug from phone, email? Yeah, 
So it's hard when you're prepping an album just because there's so much stuff flying around. But for a while, my wife and I were doing um, Sundays, you know, completely without screens and, mm. um, and uh, we, you know, just in case of emergencies, we had like a landline installed yeah. just in case someone really needed to get in touch with us. But uh, <laughs> no, I try to do that as much as possible. Just put down all that stuff and step out and take a, take a, take a deep breath. Well, I feel like your music in so many ways is like um, a love letter to nature. I mean, lyrically, but also sonically. I just feel like you capture in a way that really not many other people I can think of throughout history have captured that big space, the the sound of a sky. I think you do a fantastic job of that. Oh, thanks, man. That's that's a huge compliment because it's definitely one of the things I think about the most. And I've been trying to like do for so long with music, just describe, yeah, describe visuals sonically, uh, particularly landscapes and stuff. Just thinking about how, how to describe something visual with sound has been one of the things that's interested me the most. Synesthesia. Is that something like that? Yeah. Um, But then I wonder also, because when I finally got to see you play live, I was blown away by, um, the way you took these records that can be kind of open and airy cinematic uh, things and the live show is so urgent and so pumped up. And I, I just wonder like how intentional was that? Did you think, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to create a mood atmosphere of quiet. I want to make people excited. Yeah. I think part of that, the genesis of that was just the difficulty of doing that in that setting, you know, without all the, um, extra instrumentation and studio trickery that you have at hand when you're making a record, which I love. Um, but I think just, just being realistic about it, you know, when we first started trying to do this stuff live, we said, we know it can't be the same thing. It has to be its own thing. It has to have a life of its own. So let's let it be that. And let's see where it goes to, to let it be, be its own thing. Um, and you know, when, uh, there's just something visceral about about being there and playing it too, that I think, you know, just sort of naturally imbues it with this energy and this vitality and uh, the feet, you know, the crowd's energy. And I guess probably when you saw us was at, at your festival, right? Yeah. So I think that's a setting too, that tends to be even more pumped up. You know, when we get people in the theater where we can control the atmosphere a little bit, maybe we will uh, try to recreate some of those more moody, spacious atmospheres but at a festival it's just like <laughs> let's go you know <laughs> hit it and quit it, hit well, it and quit. one thing i noticed was though but by the high energy you were able to sort of buy the audiences um coming along with you for some of the more spacious dramatic mm-hmm. moments but because you've given them like here's the candy now now you know sit back for the medicine is that weird <laughs> yeah no, i think that makes sense yeah Spoonful of sugar. Yeah. Sure. Oh, that's sweet. So, um, okay. So finally, I wonder if you were to encounter um, a 21-year-old Ben working today in 2021, um, what advice might you give yourself or this younger version of you? It's tough. It's like you feel like you learn so much about a business or about the way things work. And then you kind of realize that 
maybe you don't actually know anything and it's just been luck and happenstance and everything to some degree. But I guess what's always seemed to hold true for me is follow the things you you're interested in, you love with people you love and something good will happen. You know, like go on that journey with people you love and trust and uh, appreciate and, and head towards the things you're really interested in. And I think naturally good things, good things will happen. That's kind of the best I could tell them, I guess. <laughs> it's funny how much that comes up in this, not just with musicians, but with other um, artists in fields where collaboration is necessary and a part of it. And um, like, I wonder, like, I remember for me, I was really lonely growing up and I was drawn to music because of the collaborative part of it. Like, mm-hmm. I wonder for you, um, like how much that is like the, the friendship and the collaboration. It's definitely a part of it. I love a lot. Um, but I'm also kind of just naturally a, a loner in some ways, I guess. Like I definitely, uh, like my alone time and spend a lot of time on my own, but, but then I love to sort of let loose, you know, and I don't know. I love my friends too. It's like two parts of my, I guess I, most people are probably like that to some degree, but uh, that was definitely a big thing that turned me on too. You know, in high school, starting to be in bands and stuff, that community, you know, all these other people who were interested in something I was interested in and like didn't judge me for the way I dressed or the stuff I was into. I mean, that's, can't get any better than that. That's love, you know, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as a kid, you know, who like, I think like you felt, I mean, I had, I had a lot of brothers and sisters, so it was kind of, hard to be alone but i felt lonely in a way also you know what i mean like alienated from other people um which i think naturally drove me to become creative and sort of you know live in my own space um but but yeah finding this other community outside of my family that sort of understood that and yeah and accepted it and and helped develop it was really exciting yeah and well, I think Long Lost is is a great next step for you. It, it really feels like it's very much from, you know, you and from the band. Uh, but it also feels, you know, there's things on there that are really unexpected. And it feels like a step forward. And I'm just, I'm, I'm so glad to be able to, you know, watch your career. I really admire what you do. Thanks so much for joining me on Wheels Off today. Thank you, Rhett. It was great to be here. And I can't wait for the world to hear your record. So <laughs> Me too. Rock on. All right. Thanks a lot, Ben. All right, man. Later. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Wheels Off. Please be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes. That helps us appear higher in the search results and lets other folks know that it's a cool podcast to listen to. Also, as the kids say, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere else that you listen to shows like this so that you never miss an episode. This has been Wheels Off, and I'm Rhett Miller, encouraging you to create every day. Thanks, y'all. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. 
Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com.